everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is August the 18th, 2019. Strong hand. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. Offended by selling. Bitcoin is the next B, <laughs> next Bitcoin. Unconfiscatable. That's important for today. Okay, we have a special guest in Hong Kong. Yeah, he's going to tell us what's going on in Hong Kong. It is Leo Weiss. I actually met him back in 2017, very briefly at the uh, July Hong Kong meetup uh, for Bitcoin. A lot has changed since then. Leo, the, the world is watching here. We want to know what is going on in Hong Kong. Yeah, thanks for paying attention. Thanks for uh, thinking so much about this and spreading the word. Um, this is, it is a bit of a historic moment. And uh, yeah, the entire future of uh, modern liberal civilization might be at stake. Wow, uh, that's, that's a lot right there. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a lot. I, I, so what, what is the current situation on the ground? Uh, people, the big rumor in the West is that the, uh, the Chinese have a lot of tanks lined up, uh, ready to come in there and crush it. The People's Armed Police has indeed moved uh, a couple of thousand soldiers uh, to an area near the border. But given that the entire city of Shenzhen is sort of spread along the, the Hong Kong border, um, it's not very easy for us to make a judgment of whether these troops are sent um, eventually to be deployed in Hong Kong or whether they are um, yeah, just sent to intimidate or whether they are um, maybe to be deployed in Shenzhen, right? Um, we think that, so that the kind of the vibe that we've been getting is that the Communist Party of China fears that this is a fight for their death. Um, they fear that um, their, their power base might be crumbling to the point where um, they no longer control um, yeah, what's going on. And so they very much fear this in some way spreading around China, not necessarily because people in China will um, march on the streets for democracy, but simply because they're going to take to the streets their discontent that they might have with their um, government, with their police, with their employer, with their bank, with their neighbor. Um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of tensions growing, a lot of rage boiling in people. And the Shenzhen police does not have the capability by itself to maintain um, order if it were to come to, um, to mass unrest. And so there's a good chance that these movements, these pictures you see of, of troops moving around Shenzhen, they're really there to, uh, to eventually like, quell unrest in Shenzhen, uh, not in Hong Kong. Okay. So you don't think they'll be sent to the Hong Kong... Okay, that's, that's, that's good to know. That's a good take on this. Uh, because yeah, some, I think there's nothing, there's some there's nothing they can do. There's some people predicting Tiananmen Square like tomorrow in, in Hong Kong, which uh, is, is that overblowing it? <laughs> I think the chance of them um, shooting on Hong Kong protesters is uh, relatively low. Um, they have a couple of other tools still in their box that they could try out to um, yeah, simply take control of the city. I think um, the mass panic that a Tiananmen Square 2.0 could cause um, are a lot more potentially damaging for them than what their plan A might be, is in to slowly take control of the city and slowly yeah, establish an authoritarian police state in Hong Kong. Okay, so there you go. I want to thank Leo very much because... Hey, you're, you're showing your face. His Twitter is linked to below. 
So uh, why do you go public with this? Uh, a lot of people could just be anonymous about this. You're, you're, I mean, you're putting yourself at risk, I, I assume, a little bit. Um, somewhat, yes. But I, as, as um, many people in Hong Kong, as the people who are protesting, building barricades, um, I very much believe that this is like the fight for Hong Kong and that it's very much worth standing up for this. Um, the risk that we're taking is that we might eventually have to like leave the city or have to leave like greater China. Um, but in, if we're not standing up for this, then we're ending up in a, with a city that is not worth living in. Right. Um, so the, some people see this even more negatively. Um, but I believe that if we don't stand up, if we don't make this as big of an issue as we can, um, then we will definitely lose. And if we lose, then we have nothing worth to like keep staying here and keep building Bitcoin businesses here or keep promoting freedom here. Now, among the, I've heard among the older population there, they're just like, well, they, let these kids protest. This will end and we will be fine with whatever comes about. Is there, are there some people that are like that? I'm sure there are many people like that. But what has been very striking over the last weeks of protesting is how much the um, local population of how much the like elderly or the uh, workers or the bus drivers have been coming out in support of the of the protesters. Um, if you join a group of uh, 2000 5000 protesters that move around and, and build blockades and try to put pressure on the government um, and trying to sort of like make their their cause known. Um, you will notice that you have more, like, for example, you would, um, the protests would move near a, a public housing estate, um, kind of like, a, like the, the project. And you have thousands of people coming out of the building of all walks of life. So some people are still in their bus driver uniform and some people are, are, like, have an apron on because they've just been cooking. Um, some people are very old. Some people bring their kids. And these people like, show a tremendous amount of support for the protesters, um, bringing them water, making sure that their eyes are washed, like the tear gas is washed out of their eyes. And um, most strikingly, as soon as the police moves in, um, throwing tear gas at the masses, trying to get people to leave, trying to unblock the roads, and these residents um, who are not masked, who do not have protective gear, are putting themselves in between the police and the protesters. So they're the protesters wouldn't be able to continue this now, I believe, into their 11th week um, if it wasn't for the support they have from including elderly, from including just people who would consider themselves otherwise too busy to, to join the protest. Now, I, I read something about a planned bank run. Did that happen? People were taking their money out of all the banks? Oh, did you hear me? Oh, did we go down? Come on, let's see. Leo? Are you still there? Are you? <laughs> Leo, are you still I don't know right? at what point we got cut off. Yeah, yeah, we got cut off there. You, 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 you hear me all right? Okay. Yes. Uh, something happened. So, and we're still recording good. Bank run. There was a planned bank run. Did that happen? Yes. I do believe it had more of an impact than previous bank runs, but it is entirely symbolic. Um, I don't believe that Hong Kong has a cash shortage of, of foreign currency, of local currency. Uh, but 
what has been, we know this only from anecdotal evidence, but people who are managing wealth, people who are um, in the business of transferring money, they have been telling us and they have been telling others that hundreds of millions, um, if not billions, have been moving out of, the, out of Hong Kong every week. Um, and so there is somewhat of a bank run underway, um, but I do not believe that the Hong Kong banks are undercapitalized enough for this to be really relevant to this really um, kind of destabilize the Hong Kong banking system. Uh, on the other hand, there is increased fear that such a bank run might also be happening in China and that China is running out of foreign currency reserves. Um, we have seen over the last months, um, yeah, again, purely anecdotal, but um, continued evidence that banks have been begging their customers to deposit U.S. dollars into their account, that banks have been forcefully converting U.S. dollars into renminbi um, for those customers who did have a foreign exchange account. And there is this fear in Hong Kong that um, if already these agreements that exist between China and Hong Kong are no longer honored by China, then what about the foreign exchange reserves that the Hong Kong government has that they use to maintain this, um, this quite robust peg of the Hong Kong dollar to the, to the US dollar? And what if China now raids these uh, reserves um, to prop up its own currency? And in, that, in such a situation, the Hong Kong dollar peg could very much um, collapse. And um, yeah, people um, are mainly transferring their, their money out of the country. I believe that uh, people who are in the, in the upper middle class, people who are um, very rich, they don't necessarily need to look for Bitcoin to make this happen because they have bank accounts in the US or in Europe or Singapore or wherever. Um, and more for, um, yeah, more for people who are trying to save small savings. Um, Bitcoin is like a very... Um, yeah, reliable um, option. Um, we don't necessarily see like massive amounts of people now queuing up at the ATMs. Um, but again, anecdotally from OTC traders in town, there do, does seem to be some, some uptick. But again, we don't know if this uptick is related to um, just generally the Bitcoin price going up or the Hong Kong protests. I, I want to, there are Bitcoin ATMs in Hong Kong, you're saying? Yeah, there are about 30 machines. Um, it's relatively easy to run one, um, to operate one. The legal requirements are very low. Um, the banking relationship is the most difficult, but it is entirely possible to run purely on cash. Um, you accept cash into your machine, you dispense Bitcoin, and eventually you um, go onto the OTC market to take the cash that you've received back into Bitcoin. Would you advise people to just get some more Bitcoin just in case they have to leave the country. I mean, this is a possibility. It could end pretty bad. I very much believe, I don't and go around and give people investment advice, but I very much believe that people should have a um, emergency Bitcoin fund um, that should be large enough to probably pay for a flight out of the country um, or large enough to sustain, sustain themselves for a month um, somewhere where, if, if, if it goes really bad, then people might have to leave just to wherever they're going to leave to, wherever they have the opportunity to, right? So if the boat is going to the Philippines, they're going to have to um, find a way to get around the Philippines for a month or two. Um, and Bitcoin is more than perfect for that. There's not really any other um, monetary instrument that can, that can match Bitcoin in that situation.
Remember everyone, check out the links below. Leo is linked to below. Pound that like button if you're liking this on the ground information from Hong Kong. Un unbelievable. Uh, have you heard from news organizations? I mean, you're a public figure out there. You're known in the Bitcoin community. Again, I've learned of you for quite some time. Has anyone else reached out, tried to spread the word? I do think that the Hong Kong protests are very well reported on. Um, professional reporters from the big agency, from the big newspapers, um, they are on the ground and they often have, have teams of more than a dozen or two dozen people um, that are embedded in, in the protests in multiple parts of, of town. Uh, also because the um, protester um, press relations are generally quite good, um, meaning that it's relatively easy to have on the ground coverage. And so um, there hasn't been um, a lot of interest from the very large um, from the very large media publication, specifically in me. And I think that's perfectly fine. There are plenty of other people around who are able to, to tell the story, um, maybe who are even more embedded or even more knowledgeable of what's like happening right now, for example. Um, but I'm very, very happy and proud of the Bitcoin community of how much interest there's been specifically from um, the cryptocurrency community. And um, I and a couple of others around me are, yeah, very, very happy to tell the story sort of for, from our angle and for our audience. Are you still having meetups there? Yes, we do. Okay. Um, depending on the location, having a meetup is perfectly safe. Um, we have not had to cancel any events ourselves. Um, some of our partner organizations have canceled events um, on a case-by-case yeah, -case basis. Um, the... Um, I think for people who are traveling to Hong Kong or for people who are coming to our meetup, I can still very much encourage them to, to come. I can um, very much encourage them to like travel to Hong Kong and, 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 and see Hong Kong even right now. Um, if you do join the protests, a couple of, uh, a couple of precautions are probably necessary in that you should be well informed of what, um, um, of what the police situation looked like. Um, it probably is more wiser to, um, to leave the protests if police do show up. Um, and if you are in an area where there is police enforcement, it is um, a good idea to know where the, where the exits are. How do you get into the next train? Um, how do you get into the, the, the neighboring neighborhood? Um, but the, um, yeah, the dangers are not um, very high. I have a question about the police. Are all the police citizens of Hong Kong? Yes. So there are rumors that they're not. Um, but again, we don't really see this substantiated enough. Um, there are about 30,000 police officers in Hong Kong. The requirement is that they're permanent residents of, uh, of Hong Kong. Um, a couple of police officers are still, in, um, are still in duty from the colonial times. They might be white, they might be Indian, um, they might be of like other Asian ethnicities. Um, the vast majority of Hong Kong police officers are Hong Kong Chinese. Um, they um, may or may not identify largely with Hong Kong. Some of them have um, quietly um, shown their support for like these protesters' demands, um, while others have shown, yeah, um, almost a, a patriotic loyalty to the Communist Party. Um, but I personally still believe that they're all Hong Kongers. And if Chinese officers are on the scene, then they are embedded as um, watchers um, behind the lines. Yeah, I'm just wondering the chances of some of the Hong Kong uh, police quitting and not, not enforcing these, uh, well, breaking up the protests. Um, 
So in a way, if that were to happen, especially on a large scale, some kind of police strike or some kind of police uh, like mass exodus in numbers is probably one of the few things that would convince the People's Liberation Army or the People's Armed Police to move into Hong Kong. Um, so the kind of um, what, what Hong Kong is probably want to see is that police are um, sticking to their duties in enforcing the law, but in a way that respects the law themselves. Um, so police officers are criticized for using excess force, for violating their instructions on how to use tear gas or how to use uh, pepper, uh, pepper spray or how to use um, rubber bullets or how to, um, for example, display their, um, their warranty cards. Um, I think that's also the biggest uh, threat like to Hong Kong society is that we ha increasingly see the police uh, no longer respecting um, the law um, and no longer keeping themselves accountable to the law. Uh, probably them leaving, leaving the ranks and, and masses is not so important as it would be for them to, um, yeah, stay true to the laws of Hong Kong. Okay. How long have you lived in Hong Kong for? Um, I've been here for eight years now. Okay. Um, I came here to study and then got into Bitcoin and Hong Kong has been an incredible place for the Bitcoin community. Um, yeah, it's, it's the free market. You got the, well, it's, it's close to the free market. And this is the problem. Uh, the, the Chinese are uh, trying to say that they can, well, it'll be less free market. I mean, you can be detained yeah. uh, and taken back over to the mainland. I mean, that's yeah. what triggered all of this. Yeah. Uh, so what is the end game for the protesters here? What, what do you want to see happen at, that will stop protest, that will stop the protest? I think it's still entirely, at least theoretically, possible that the government will come to census, um, that Chief Executive Carrie Lam will step down, that the extradition bill is withdrawn, and that an independent inquiry into police violence is set up, um, possibly including um, um, retracting like riot categorizations of peaceful protests. Um, but for that to happen, um, the Hong Kong government would either have to like show kind of autonomy um, and show some kind of willingness to, to take a step back, um, or um, they would have to be instructed to do so by the Communist Party. And our big fear is that the Communist Party is the one that's in charge here. The Hong Kong government has no longer like any, um, yeah, any ability to act by themselves, and the police is entirely under control of the Communist Party. And in that case, um, I think it's very unlikely that the Communist Party will take these these steps back and um, to calm things down because they have increasingly signaled um, to the Hong Kong population that if they just give an inch that they're that Hong Kong I don't know becomes independent collapses um, or even the Communist Party uh, parties like reign in China ends um, and I do not know where this kind of um, um, insecurity comes from I think it's a very very deep insecurity within the Communist Party within the Chinese government, um, and maybe there is more to this than than we understand. Like we don't know what the situation looks like in China. We don't know what the economic outlook is in China. We don't know how many millions of people have lost their job in the last two months because of an economic downturn. Uh, we know that from some other um, um, from some other developing countries um, like India or Southeast Asia, the economy has been doing very poorly. That manufacturing has been down in some cases 40 in some cases 80 percent and if that's the case in china then there might be a very um then yeah if you rule a country for decades and decades 
decades on the assumption that we give out money and that's how we justify our um, that's how we justify our rule then the second you're no longer able to keep that money flowing um, your rule base kind of disappears right well I mean this is it, it that is the big question is how bad is the they don't have to give out any economic stats in, in man, mainland China they yeah lie about yeah. everything so it's yeah they have been yeah they have been um, accused of lying about their GDP for the last few years have, have people left Hong Kong? Have some people moved away? Um, some people have left Hong Kong simply because they want to be in a more quiet environment. Some people have left because they, um, they panic. Um, definitely. But I expect that most of these people will, will come back if this, um, if this uh, like tones down a bit. And that the real exodus were yet to come. So if we're looking at an outcome in which um, the protests are violently or um, somewhat suppressed, um, if they maybe just run out of steam and the government, whatever government we're talking about, sort of retains its upper hand um, and is able to, yeah, kind of uh, continue doing what they've been doing for the last two or three years is in increasingly making this um, more an authoritarian place, increasingly suppressing civil society, undermining the rule of law, then people will look for options. And it might take them a year or two to secure a job offer in, in Canada or in Europe or um, secure an, a visa in the United States, um, but they will be definitely looking for, for other options. Uh, would you leave if the army came in and started shooting? Yeah, yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Okay, that's that. That would break uh, yeah. camels. I mean, back. there are a couple of there are a couple of red lines. Um, I'm not very interested in living in an authoritarian regime. Um, I will probably still consider myself a Hong Konger, but um, yeah, it's uh, eventually this. Uh, eventually, if if this if this movement fails, then um, I don't know if it is worthy of continuing this. Yeah, this fight that is part of a much much larger fight of freedom in Hong Kong. I will say, you, you retweeted a tweet that said, owners in Yen, Yuen Long and North Point begin to sell properties at a loss to escape the worsening yeah. social turmoil. And again, it's yeah. it, when you do own real estate in a turbulent place and you need to get out, that's, you're going to sell at a loss. And that's why I think Bitcoin is so awesome yeah. because you yeah. can just take it yeah. with you. Because you can just move it, right? Exactly. You cannot move your apartment. Uh, so there are, again, a couple of uh, interesting issues. Um, a lot of this real estate has been propped up with Chinese money. Um, and a lot of that money has been um, leaving China because it might not be safe in China because the owners are simply, yeah, kind of looking for what we're looking for in Bitcoin as like a safe way to keep that money somewhere else. And if now the Communist Party of China is able to take control over Hong Kong and is able to convince not just us, but the whole world that Hong Kong is effectively part of China, then even Chinese people, rich Chinese people will no longer be interested in keeping wealth here because they might as well keep that wealth in Shanghai. They want to keep that money outside of China. And so if, if Hong Kong no longer uh, is no longer sufficient, then they're going to put that money into, um, I don't know, Singapore, Canada, Australia, um, um, United Kingdom. And that alone might bring down the housing market in Hong Kong. Um, and on top of that, you have the, the rental market, which is much more uh, driven by, yeah, Hong Kong sort of natural demand for places to live in. And I can only imagine that um, people 
who are looking for apartments right now are going to be carefully looking to not um, set up shop uh, next to a police station. <laughs> now, this is how is the surveillance state? Has it creeped into uh, Hong Kong? Uh, I mean, we've heard so much about the credit scores in, in, in China, the social credit scores. Yeah. I think the only effect that we feel right now in Hong Kong is that the police have gotten a lot more hostile to the population, meaning they are much more likely to um, stop you, ask for ID, um, search, search through your belongings, um, enter your premises, um, so that they're a lot less respectful for your privacy. Um, but we don't yet see like facial recognition scanners being set up, or we don't yet see um, the internet being surveyed or the internet being censored. Um, that probably takes a while to set up. But again, those are also just more, more red flags um, that will get people to leave. I have heard that so often, not so much in this protest, but over the last few years that people said, no, I'm not going to the protest. Um, uh, but if, if my Facebook is no longer working, that's the signal for me to leave. What were your expectations for the year 2049? That's a, a year, I, I believe, one of the agreements is, is supposed to end where China can really yeah. go over Hong Kong. So, yeah. 2047, um, there is one portion of the basic law that guarantees the current way of life to be preserved for 50 years. Um, and that is often being used as an argument to say the basic law expires or the freedoms expire. Um, but if we read this really closely, then the, the Hong Kong freedoms that are also laid out in the basic laws, also laid out in this constitution, do not have an expiration date. Um, the entire constitution and probably also this paragraph are very much written under the assumption that um, within 50 years, you know, and, and when this was written or when this was um, conceived um, and when this was enforced, like in the 80s and 90s, um, the West was very much convinced that um, a free society will always prevail over communism. And they were just seeing the, the Soviet Union completely collapse. And they were, they were probably very, very high on, on self-confidence. Um, and so they believe that it's just a matter of time for China to become a, a liberal democracy as well. And that by deferring this argument, right, this argument that people of Chinese officials and, and, and UK officials were having about whether this should be a free society or not, could simply be deferred 50 years into the future because both sides kind of had this assumption that, oh, in 50 years, um, we're going to take control over Hong Kong anyway, or in 50 years, you guys are no longer going to be around and all of China is going to be a, a free and capitalist Hong Kong. Oh, wow. So <laughs> that's we, we still, who knows what will, what will be going on by then? Uh, because I mean, yeah. we're living in a moment right now. This is going to really help determine uh, uh, the future. Yeah. I'm still convinced that the expiration date for Hong Kong is uh, much further out than the expiration date of the Communist Party. I cannot imagine a future where um, the Communist Party is able to continue on this path of creating wealth, but also suppressing the people and controlling like, the economy. Um, it seems um, also very obvious from like, the effectiveness of the Hong Kong protests, right? You have like you have maybe so you have between 10,000 and 500,000 people, depending on the day and depending on the event today, probably a little bit more, um, who are not controlled, who make independent decisions and who are highly informed by being there, by following up um, with news on Telegram, on, on online forums, um, who are able to make just much more smarter decisions and be a lot more creative and a lot more coherent in their message than a and then 
the Communist Party with its 90 million members and its almost unlimited budget. Uh, so like, I mean, this is the whole decentralization idea, right? Um, we, the world's knowledge is not easy to contain into just a single organization or into, I'm getting a, a really heavily rained on now, so I'm gonna walk a little bit closer to, um, is uh, not going to be, like the world's knowledge is not easily contained in a single small organization or in a single, um, in a single individual. And um, it's, yeah, so much better spread out across hundreds of thousands. And that's what's create, what creates wealth. All right, I've, I've got a question about the, should the Western nations speak up against this? And are they scared to speak up against this because they don't want to mess with this big economic uh, power? I very much believe they should stand up about this. Um, I think that um, also Western democracies are a little bit slow in their responses. Um, they are, yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've seen motions move through parliament and, and being debated. And the protests are only about like two to three months old. Um, and I don't yet expect um, a lot of governments to have really come up with a cohesive answer to this. Um, but they will very much need to make a stance for this. Um, because if, um, if Hong Kong loses, then if China is able to take Hong Kong by force, um, they, will be, they will have convinced themselves that they can take other places by force and that they can colonialize places. The language regarding Hong Kong has become more and more um, colonialized, as in people are saying that, that Hong Kong has only deserved the freedom that China gives them, right? Um, or, or that Hong Kong is part of China, but somehow its inhabitants are not Chinese. And um, if the Communist Party is able to take Hong Kong by force, then they will take Taiwan next. Um, and once, once they're on this, uh, on this um, yeah, nationalist expansionist path, um, Japan and Korea will very much see the, the negative effects of that too. Um, and that's eventually us. Right. Um, they will not just they will not just slowly stop at, at Hong Kong and Taiwan. And they are already massively trying to take the, um, um, the South China Sea by force. Um, they will just if this continues, they will try to um, yeah, completely shut off the Indian Ocean from the Pacific Ocean in terms of trade um, and yeah, colonialize Vietnam, the Philippines, Malaysia. Uh, so uh, Singapore will feel threatened too, I, I assume. They, they, they are a country that uh, Singapore is no fan of that. Oh, wow. You're, you're getting rained on. Or something. I, you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very, very good. I'm going to try to. All right. That's, that's good. You got me? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, you read you read my mind about Taiwan about Taiwan though. Uh, I was going to ask you that question: Is Taiwan next? And it, it, again, if Hong Kong falls, you're saying next one definitely is Taiwan, and that will make things on a, a worldwide scale a lot scarier because uh, the United States has agreements with Taiwan, and uh, yeah, it could get real yeah. real messy. So I, I, yeah. I will say this: these these protests, there's going to be a protest in less than an hour uh, where you are or near where you are. Yeah, I believe they're already assembling. Yeah. All right, so you don't see these things ending anytime soon, anytime soon, they, people are enthused. No, I can see people change their tactics. I can see people um, become a little bit tired, but that is true for both the people in the government and the people, the police, as well as the protesters and those supporting them. All right, well, I will, uh, 
I'm glad you gave us this update. It did, it did clarify things. It still seems like I can't see this ending anytime soon without something drastic happening. That's, this is the only yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, the stakes are getting higher and higher, and we are getting to the point where Hong, this is the last fight for Hong Kong. And either Hong Kongers are going to lose this, and Hong Kong is going to be just another Chinese uh, colony, or um, the Communist Party will have to significantly lose its power base, either because of an economical or financial disaster, um, or because of just uh, dividing themselves into factions. Well, I do hope for uh, what I would say almost a miracle that, that, that indeed things are so economically horrible in China that the Communist Party uh, falls apart somehow. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I mean, it's very hard to think of exactly how that's going to happen. Um, but the same was true for the Soviet Union. And um, I think it's quite uh, lucky that the Soviet Union's collapse turned out to be relatively peaceful and orderly. Um, I do not know if we can make the same assumption about China, um, but there's a lot of discontent among the people in China as well. And they might not have all the information to always act on it, but they are very angry as well. And today they're angry at Hong Kong and tomorrow they're going to be angry at their local police. All right. Now, again, the authoritarianism of China on the mainland, it's, it's incredible how they creep into every aspect of people's lives. And people think that is strength. But you're saying that is, is just not sustainable. It's not because it, it seems like they're getting more and more control over the mainland population with techno, technological sophistication that was only science fiction uh, very recently. Yeah. You're saying it's, yeah. not, it's not sustainable, that it will fall apart at some point. Yeah, people are not as compliant uh, as we think. People very much do have a, um, people very much do want to mind their own business and want others to mind their own business too. All right. Well, uh, People, uh, there you have it. Again, I, I still say to everybody out there, value your wealth in Bitcoin, have some Bitcoin, whatever regime you're living under, just in case you gotta flee, um, because he is giving a real life scenario where uh, if, if, the, yeah. if the tanks come in, uh, quite a lot of people are gonna yeah. flee yeah. and have to start again, and that is one of the yeah. powers of, of Bitcoin. It allows you- And it can go quicker as you think. Just six months ago, if I had given a talk about Hong Kongers should keep just a portion of their wealth in Bitcoin because they might have to flee their city one day, I would have been called crazy and would have been like uh, outright ignored. And today this is becoming more of a mainstream opinion that we see. Um, I saw this cited today, this idea uh, in the Australian, I saw this come up in Reuters. Um, this, is not, this is not like an outrageous thought anymore. Wow. Well, okay, Leo, I, I will leave you. The floor is yours. Any uh, thoughts, anything that was left out, uh, conclusionary remarks, and any links you want to promote or anything? Um, I think if you do want to financially support the cause, there's the Hong Kong Free Press, which is an independent uh, news organization um, set up of a couple of friends of mine. They do take Bitcoin donations. Um, that way you can help keep the cameras on the ground um, and uh, yeah, eventually it's also up to your um, viewers uh, to spread the word themselves. And I'm very, very happy whenever people talk about this around the world. Awesome. Now I'm going to look up this Hong Kong Free Press and link to it below. His Twitter is already linked to below. Uh, good luck today uh, attending uh, whatever protests you may attend or whatever you are doing. I, I want to add one last question. Has it affected your work schedule? Have you been able to do your business as you, as you used to be able to? Or is it yeah, it's becoming a lot harder to rely on the public transportation system. It's become a lot harder to 
convince people to invest their time and invest their money in Hong Kong. Um, it's definitely already very visible. Um, and this is going to have a big impact on the, on the Hong Kong economy for sure. Wow. Wow. All right, people, there you have it. Pound that like button. Thank you, Leo, for being on the show. I am Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share that the video, click on those squares, bang that bell button. Thank you. Have a good luck over there. We're thinking of you and we're going to spread the word. We're going to definitely spread the word. Thank you very much. Thank you, Adam. See ya.